Oh, dear. Big anniversary for us, episode five of Oh Dear, presented by Bose Bar and Stage. Well, big anniversary for, for three of us. Walsh, you got to wait one more, but welcome back, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in. Joined again by three great friends, including the human real-life version of Peter Pan, meaning he likes to run around in green tights, and his best friend is a heck of a lot smaller than him, Dustin Moore, with the, the great internet <laughs> connection tonight. How's it going? Yeah, a little frustrating with the technical difficulties tonight, and I thought you were going to say Peter Pan because I just never grow up, but... I'll take it. Uh, things are good. Yeah, I'm. it's Friday, Friday night, having a couple beers with the boys. And hopefully by the time this thing releases, restrictions are a little bit eased on, on our restaurant friends. So here we go. Let's go. You know what? I'm going to be nice. We make a lot of short jokes. Not doing it this time. Not getting the low-hanging fruit because I'm going to leave that for him to get and he doesn't need a stepladder. But fresh haircut, <laughs> wearing a great looking shirt, pretty much the human version of the fire emoji, Kevin Walsh. How's it going? Wow, you started off with a backhand compliment and then you turn it around and you're all nice. I, I don't know. You threw me for a loop right there, Ted. Uh, no, I, I'm doing good. Just trying to stay warm. It's minus 30 outside. I was just outside shoveling while the door tender guy came out. Uh, he was kind of laughing at me because I was I was pretty bundled up. So uh, just trying to stay warm and, and uh, keep the family entertained here over the next few days. Yeah, I thought I was going to be nice, and then the it just kind of came to me, so I, I'm sorry. Next time, 100% nice, I promise. Yeah, sure. And last but not least, if he was any more handsome, that would be great. Ryan Lund, how's it going? <laughs> oh, pretty good. I I was wondering where, where, what you're going to say about me, but that's, I'll take that for sure. I'm, uh, yeah, same same uh, same boat as Kev, just trying to stay warm, trying to keep my, my family entertained too. Um, I don't have any kids. I don't have any other family here. It's just you, Ted. So see if I can keep you entertained for a few days. Yeah, and no one ever asks, but I'm doing great. Anyways... As always, a big thank you to our presenting sponsor, Bose. Uh, shout out to Dustin Harper. I took his advice. I had the fried chicken dinner for one. It was awesome, so highly recommend that. And a little more exciting news, we have our very first episode sponsor. This is a guy, I want Dustin to say his name because he's never, ever said it correctly. His name is Michael Serraro. It is uh, actually, it's Serraro occasion where Dustin gets his name right. Mike Serreo is our very first episode sponsor. And, you know, he's a contractor, construction guy, builds custom homes. And when we first started this thing, he said, I want to support you guys, but you don't need to plug my business or anything. He just wants people to know that he's a sick beauty and that he <laughs> ran an Ironman in 2010. That's all he wanted. <laughs> So big, a big thank you, though, to Mike Sereo, uh, awesome guy. And again, just another great example of, of the support we've seen with this thing. Well, if he's going to sponsor us, he does sound like a sick beauty. So thanks, uh, Mike Sereo. One of the coolest things about Mike Sarambo is he he actually, he can, he goes to kids' parties and he's the best balloon artist in Calgary. I mean, I can't say for sure. I'm not, I'm from Red Deer, but he can make a mean bike with uh, those blow up balloons. And hey, if you want to invite him to your kids' party, that's the first time he'll actually be invited. So uh, hit us up and we'll, we'll give you his information. <laughs> When you said balloon artist, I thought you just meant he like painted on balloons, but you meant like a balloon blow up artist, right? He doesn't dress up as a clown or anything, but like he's he's really good at just making whatever you want him to make. So I think the old deer boys should have him come down one time when we can get uh, together and he can he can show us all the balloon stuff he can make. <laughs> I'd also just like to go golfing with him because I've never seen anyone hit more shots 30 yards off the toe on the tee box than Mike Sereo. All right, let's bring him down for golf and balloons. Sounds like a good weekend. So, a big thank you, though, to our first episode sponsor, Mike Sereo. In all honesty, if you do 
want a custom home built, you know, slide into our DMs. We'll we'll get you his information because he he does do that. And he said he didn't want to plug for his business, but we're gonna give him that anyways. So rolling into again, we've got a new sponsor, and we're gonna do. I really like the Glad game. I think it's I think it's gonna stick. I think it's a great way to start. And uh, something that already makes me glad is not only do we have another new sponsor, but Dustin Moore is gonna do his first ever ad read for us. Whether it goes good or bad, it's gonna make me glad. So Dustin, this is your moment. Well, shout out to all my teachers through uh, junior high and high school for uh, really working with me through my reading skills. But (laughs) here we go. Glad game brought to you by Beyond Insurance. Adulting. Ugh. You've got to eat your vegetables, you got to exercise, and you got to have insurance. Beyond Insurance can make sure one of those things is easier on you. Proudly local and independently owned, they have skin in the game and truly care about getting you the best insurance for your personal and business needs. From commercial insurance to home and auto, Beyond has you covered. They make your insurance simple so you can spend less time on the adulting things of life and more time perfecting your golf game or nailing that next client meeting. Find them on social media or online at beyondinsurance.ca. And I will say, boom, mic drop. Yeah, Matt and Andy at Beyond, awesome people. I switched over a year and a half ago, and I say I got to say they saved me money from my previous broker. They saved me time. They saved me the hassle and uh, get in touch with Matt and Andy. I don't know if you guys have switched over yet, but I'm going to do my best to switch you. I honestly switched over about two hours ago. No word of a lie. It was in the works for a little bit. Matt got back to me this afternoon. He actually saved me $300 a year. Dustin, that that ad read was amazing. I'm impressed. You, you have me sold, buddy. I felt good. And if any teachers that I had, you know, grade three, four are listening, like that's on you. Congrats. <laughs> good way to kick off the glad game. And you know what, Walsh, why don't, why don't you go first on the glad game if you're if you're ready to go? Yeah, I'm really glad that we have young activists like Jada Monilaws in town here. Uh, seven years ago, she started selling cupcakes for the Central Alberta Humane Society, raising money for the local animal shelter. And she combined her two passions, animals and cupcakes. And I thought this was uh, outstanding. She started this in kindergarten. And so she got a, a love of volunteering from her parents. So shout out to her mom and dad. And she wanted to be involved and hands-on in the community. Seven years later, she's raised almost $28,000. And of course, this year with the pandemic going on, unfortunately, she can't sell her cupcakes. Normally, she sells cupcakes throughout the month of uh, February. Can't do it this year. So what they're asking for is just donations to be made to the Central Alberta Humane Society. You can send email money transfers to development at cahumane.com. And just make sure you shoot them a note or put it in the note on the e-transfer that it's for Jada. And what they're going to do is at the end of the month, they're going to do a draw for everyone that's entered in in her name. uh, And you'll get three dozen custom cupcakes made by her. I'm blown away. I mean, $28,000 in seven years. She started in kindergarten. She's 12 years old now. Uh, I see big things in her future. And and I'm just really proud to say that uh, she's from Red Deer. and, And I think it's outstanding what she's doing. And a cool thing about Jada too that I saw, someone tweeted it. I think year one when she started, she raised about $98 or around $100. Last year, she raised like $10,000. Yeah. So that uh, that is exponential growth at its finest. And yeah, I know we're in cupcakes or not, we're going to support you for sure. And yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a, a really cool cause. And it's amazing how much that's grown and, and what one person can do. Instead of uh, money donations, they're also looking for various types of uh, pet supplies and that sort of stuff. So I know she's been featured in RD News now, and I believe the Red Deer Advocate as well. So you can find some lists there. I'm sure we'll throw some stuff up on social media. But by the end of February, let's make sure that uh, we can all give where we can because 
uh, it's a tough time for animals as well during this pandemic. So, yeah, well said, Walshie. Uh, my glad game's also going out to uh, a person this time around, and it's going out to Matt Fraser. Kind of cool. Matt uh, sent me a, a message on Instagram and he's over playing professional hockey in Austria right now. He's born and raised in Red Deer and him and Paul Postma, same thing, born and raised in Red Deer. They're playing on the same team over in Austria. And he, he reached out and said how awesome it's been listening to the podcast on the road trips and on the bus. And, and so my shout out today goes to Matt and Paul and, and all the other people that have listened to the podcast that aren't living in Red Deer that may have been from Red Deer before. So thanks for listening. Thanks for, it's, it's sure cool seeing the geographic uh, scope of our pod bean. So keep listening. Hope you like it. And uh, yeah, sure. Appreciate it. And one more I'm going to do two today because I got to give a shout out to my wife, Ashley, because uh, she's definitely my rock. Like you guys said, Peter Pan, I never grow old and I always do dumb stuff. And she sure supports me all the way through with the with the ventures we're doing, whether it be this podcast, uh, Friday nights, uh, our poker game, Saturday nights, and our Chubbs golf tournament, our boys trips. So shout out to her and uh, suck it, Kevin, for not doing it to your wife. <laughs> I would have phrased that differently, but that's okay. <laughs> we're, we're keeping that. Ted, I'm going to let you go next because I'm, 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 I have to recover from what Dustin just said. <laughs> My glad game is for everyone who's doing a, a sober February this year, a dry February, I believe it's called. Not something I'm going to do only because I, I don't actually drink a ton, so it wouldn't be that hard for me. Um, but I think it's great people are doing that, raising money for cancer, and they've inspired me. Something I do do way too much is eat fast food. So I'm doing a fast food free February, but every time I eat fast food, because it's going to happen, I think it's it's already happened twice. Every time I eat fast food and Lund is going to be the supervisor of this, I'm donating, donating $10 towards a dry February of all the people I know. I know a lot of people are doing it. So I think it's, uh, first of all, again, really cool, all the people that are doing it and inspired me to, to be a little healthier again, falling off the wagon a bit last month. And you know what? I'm still going to enjoy fast food, but at least when I do, I'm going to put some money towards a, a worthy cause. Yeah, good for you, Ted. I know the I know the pot's already up to 20 bucks. So I've got a chart uh, up stairs and I'm going to be watching them like a hawk for the month of February. So uh, yeah, good for you. Good luck. Good luck. I know it's tough, especially when it's minus 30 outside and it's just so easy to order something in or, or go through the drive through. But yeah, that's it's it's inspiring. And I'm, I'll, I'll think about doing it. I'm not quite there yet, but I'll think about it. I guess I'm next anyway. So my glad game uh, kind of jumps off our last uh, guest we had on the podcast, Dustin Harper. I uh, started that initiative, Be the Village, and I saw a couple social media posts from some good buddies over at um, Warren Sinclair and MNP. Looks like they donated 50 and 40 boxes collectively. So that's a huge, huge donation. I'm sure there's quite a few people involved, but just want to give a, a round of applause to both those businesses and any other business or individual that don donated to that program that Dustin started. Uh, I'd like to think that having him on as a guest, uh, some people saw that and decided to jump on the bandwagon. So shout out to, to everyone involved there. So rolling into that again, another glad game. We have a, another great partner and I know they, they keep rolling in, rolling in. And I apologize if we're starting to sound corporate, but we're not because these are just amazing community partners. We are working now with Red Deer Tourism. Uh, really exciting. They've put together a bit of a social media team and we somehow made the cut when we're looking at people with 5,000, <laughs> 10,000. And even as we're going to find out from our guest in a little bit, 175,000. But we get to help showcase Red Deer, explore Red Deer's backyard is kind of what they're doing in the month of February. And I think 
it's awesome. You know what? We're, we're cooped up. COVID sucks, but there's still a lot of good things to do in Red Deer. So yeah, we're we're all excited to, to hop on board and, and we've done a little bit already. And just to start off, we're, we're going to do a bit of a Red Deer spotlight every episode. And the one we started with just because uh, Dustin and I were there the other day for winter walk day is, is Heritage Ranch. Lots to do there. I think everyone has to have either a favorite activity there or maybe a great memory from there. I'll go first, I guess. I I, uh, I know if you grew up in Red Deer, you probably participated in the Daw Run at uh, Heritage Ranch. Uh, I'm not 100% sure if they still do it in the, in the same spot or not, but I, I believe they do. I think I hit my 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 athletic peak in grade four when I won the, the Daw Run. Uh, so it always brings back some, some good memories for me. And I've been back a few times since checking out the horses and, and having meals there. But it was the trails down there, probably the, my favorite part of, of Heritage Ranch. You mentioned the Daw Run being one of your, your good memories from back in, what is that, grades four through six or something? The Daw Run brings back terrible memories for me. About, I don't know, a three. it's a 3K run. So about uh, 0.75 kilometers into the run, things went wrong for me. Ended up taking a poop in the trees. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for thanks for being vague about it <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna say you twisted you twisted your ankle or something <laughs> dustin yeah. why are you only wearing one sock <laughs> i think oh, at least we know it's wherever it was it's probably gone by now it was a long time ago so yeah but i just you know you you kick-started my memory on the dog run there when <laughs> i i hadn't thought about that for a long time thanks a lot lundy well, good for you for at least going in the trees and not and not doing it on the trail. Yeah, it's the only reason I didn't finish in the top five, to be honest. <laughs> well, you finished number two at least, so. <laughs> no, I, like, Heritage Ranch is such a cool spot for me, like, as, you know, you're getting older and you're having kids. And, you know, the horse is there for me. I Like, we've been there probably five, six times this winter just with our daughter and, and feeding the horses carrots and cheerios and hay and whatever else they want to eat and sure that's one thing to do but there's a million other things to do when we were when we were younger our family reunions were out there every every summer and our family would travel down to heritage ranch and they're just it's just such a huge piece of land that you if you haven't been there before you you don't know what's all out there and the amount of races i know ted you've done a couple races out there me and kev have done a mud hero out there and just a, a really dynamic space with a lot of stuff to do. Yeah, for me, uh, when I think of Heritage Ranch, I think of two things. One is the fish pond, uh, which I believe they keep stocked. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, by the time you make it down to the, the pond, you're, you definitely don't feel like you're in the city at all. So it's a great way to escape. We've talked about and we'll continue to talk about our amazing trail system. Uh, in the summers, there's lots of times where, uh, you know, we make a, a couple hour trip around the city with us and our family and, and we'll make over to the, the pond and that's a great spot to have a picnic and do some fishing. And uh, it's always great to see that there's a lot of people there. And then the second is notoriously the stairs. I know a lot of people hate them. I think they're awesome for if you're actually going there to get a workout in or, or do some training. Again, you can run through the trail system, get to those stairs and they're going to burn your legs, but uh, it's all worth it. So those are my two big memories of Heritage Ranch. Yeah, those those stairs are brutal. And yeah, if you go down for a run, basically you're you're either coming up against a long hill or the stairs to to end your run. So it's a pretty brutal way to end, but also a good way because you, you kind of empty the tank there. And honestly, I think it was three and a half years of me living in Red Deer before I ever went near Heritage Ranch and been there a lot since. It was 
the first place I actually ever ran outside. So when gyms closed down, I was really just doing a lot of track running. Last year, again, went outside. Uh, that was the first trail run. A couple months ago, first 10K I ever did and finished. I finished it, ran the whole way, was at Heritage Ranch. And even recently, um, you know what? It's a great way to go uh, go for a walk, meet up with a, a couple friends, you know, social distance walk. We also, a pretty cool thing about there is just where it connects to, right? If you cross the bridge, you can go, it's about, I don't know, two and a half kilometers over to Bower Ponds. So we actually walked from Heritage Ranch, went down the stairs, walked to Bower Ponds, went for a skate and then walked back. So it's like an hour and a half, you get about 10K worth of uh, exercise in there. And yeah, I just think just like any other trail system, there's there's so many different ways. And I don't think I've ever ran the same path there twice. Yeah, I, I think it's an awesome place. And not to mention too, right? You, you can go for a drink while you're there too. There's the, the carriage rides, like there's so much other stuff to do there too. You can really get a, a whole afternoon worth out of activity there. And you know, you can spend some money, but also there's a lot of free entertainment there. And what else am I forgetting? Snowshoes. You can rent snowshoes from over at the Hall of Fame. You can go cross country skiing too. So pretty much any outdoor winter activity you can you can do there or in that area. There's also some great, when you get down the hill and down the stairs, there's some great off-road paths that we love to walk down with our kids because it turns into a nature walk and, and there's just so much, so many different little animals and, and trees and flowers to see. Our kids love it. We can spend hours down there uh, without complaining, which is pretty hard to do these days. So Yeah, Dustin soiled a, or, you know, our image of it a little bit, but no, it's, it's a great place. <laughs> and uh, you know what? I am going to spend a lot more time there again this winter, especially with not being able to do much. So there it is, our very first Tourism Red Deer Spotlight. And yeah, we're, again, we're really looking forward to working with Tourism Red Deer. Uh, make sure you follow them, follow us on social media to see what we're up to, but also Red Deer Eats, Brooke Wilson and Tim and Ren. Uh, they all post great content. Brooke Wilson is a more uh, an ad- adventure and travel blogger, content creator uh, in the mountains a lot, great pictures. Red Deer Eats, uh, her name's Roxanne. She's really is a, a local food blogger. So she showcases all the amazing spots to eat in Red Deer. And Tim and Ren is a cool one. It's a, a dad and his daughter doing a lot of outdoor activities. So fishing, a lot of outdoor sports. So lots of great content to follow there. And you know, whether it's something you didn't know about Red Deer, or you're just reminded to get out there. Uh, Lund, what are we going to do? We're going to get out and rediscover Red Deer. But also explore Red Deer's backyard. That's what I was going to say next, Ted. <laughs> And so that rolls perfectly into our our next guest, uh, a really interesting one. We spoke with her last night. It is Brooke Wilson. So she's a substitute teacher here in Red Deer. But as we learned, the word's not influencer, it's content creator. But she has done an amazing job basically monetizing her social media over the last six years, up to 176,000 followers. That's pretty crazy. and, And we learned a lot of cool stuff from her. So here we go. With us now is Brooke Wilson, social media influencer, travel blogger, substitute teacher here in Red Deer. Uh, Brooke, welcome to the weirdest blind date you've ever been on. <laughs> Happy to be here. <laughs> so first off, when we say when we say social media influencer, you probably think like Becky on Instagram posting a picture with her Starbucks mug, you know, hashtag pumpkin spice latte. But when, we, when we're talking about you and social media influencer, like you've really made it a career, uh, close to 200,000 followers on Instagram, uh, you know, showing off your travel pictures, stuff around Red Deer, uh, stuff around Alberta, really got to know, like, how do you, how do you get into that? Like, where does that start? Cause that's pretty incredible. 
Man, oh man. Um, also, I like to see myself as a content creator over an influencer as a title. So just putting it out there. Um, I like to create content for brands and create content for myself. But I have been doing it for six years now, working with brands in like a monetary way. So I, my sister encouraged me to pick up Instagram and I was super hesitant. I would share super random stuff. And then um, I think I had like 2000 followers or something. And I heard about this Instagram meetup out in the mountains. <laughs> and I had been posting like random outdoor stuff. And um, somebody with like 10,000 followers was hosting this meetup. And like six years ago, that was a pretty big following. And I was following them and they were following me and they had told me to come out to it. So I did. And I met up with a whole bunch of strangers. And I guess since then, um, a couple of them sat down and talked to me about my Instagram and how it could be better and how I have potential. Um, and they were like, if you want to like grow a following or whatever, you should pick like a realm, like the outdoors, not just like mixing in your life and the outdoor, like pick something. So I just started to continue to post my outdoor stuff on there and my traveling and really started to think about what I was posting, I guess. And I got out with photographers and, um, I guess I kind of got into it at the right time where not many people were doing it. And so I guess I started to just grow a following quite quickly about six years ago in the outdoor realm in Alberta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's amazing, you know, how, how fast it could pick up. Like when we started this podcast and in a couple of weeks, we went from zero followers to about 65 and it's pretty <laughs> cool to see. And I'm glad to, uh, again, content, we learn now content creator instead of influencer. I, I'm not a big fan of, of the word influence either. Like I said, I think everyone thinks they're an influencer. I like the, I like the sound of content creator. It sounds, it sounds legit. It sounds very professional. It sounds like, it sounds like, <laughs> A, a very important job title. I'd like to be a content creator. What advice would you give me, someone who has made, I think, two Instagram posts in his entire lifetime? I'm sure they were high quality. I would like to see those. <laughs> I'll give you my handle after <laughs> afterwards, so you can so you can critique my two posts. <laughs> Brooke, like a hundred and eighty some thousand or hundred and seventy some thousand followers. And you live in Red Deer. So when I think of that, I'm like, that's borderline famous in Red Deer. Like, I don't, <laughs> I, I gotta think you're, you're close oh, to, man. if not number one in, in uh, a following on Instagram for, for people who live in Red Deer. I don't know if it's a stat or not, but. I have tried to figure out, I don't, I don't know anybody else who's like really into it in Red Deer. Like there's some people I've connected with, but yeah, I wish there was more. I hate, I can get awkward if people approach me about it or call me famous, whatever it is, I can get super weirded out by it. Cause to me, it's just something I do. But when I look back, when I started those big names that had like the 20,000, 30,000, whatever people, I was like looking at them, like they were famous. So I get it. But then now like I've met a lot of those people. We have joined up for like trips and things. We work with a lot of the same brands and I connect with them now on like a totally different level and don't see them that way. So, but because I had that mindset originally, I get why people see me that way. <laughs> I think it's super cool that 
right here in our backyard, so to speak, is somebody who's creating the content and has that many people following them. I think it's I think it's awesome. And speaking of our backyard, so uh, in month of February with Red Deer Tourism, you joined their social team. They got us on board too, which is going to be pretty cool. I think with your 175,000 followers and our 800, we're really gonna we're really gonna take <laughs> this thing to the next level. But uh, how cool is that for you to to get to do that this month? You know, you've traveled all over the world. You take pictures all over Alberta, and now you get to feature your hometown and and Red Deer has a lot to offer. So it's pretty cool. Very excited about it. And I feel very like honored to be showcasing Red Deer. Nobody knows much about Red Deer. Nobody even realizes I live in Red Deer. Everyone just assumes I'm from Calgary or from Banff. So I've really started to talk more about Red Deer in my stories. Um, Since COVID had started back in when it was last March, when I came home from Patagonia, I just yeah started to showcase more of my own backyard. Before I was afraid to post things on Red Deer because I was like, there's no mountain backdrop. It's not that scenic, perfect photo. But I realized a lot of people connected with those everyday moments as well. And those people following me in town were able to see what more there was to do in Red Deer. So I think it's pretty awesome. Very excited about the next few weeks to show some of my favorite places. Have you done the uh, the water tower backdrop in Red Deer yet? <laughs> oh, the water tower. Yeah. I never thought about that one. Yeah, yeah, you can use that one. I'll let, I'll let you use that one. Well, you better you better go get your picture first and get that third Instagram post. No, I think uh, I think Brooke has the has the outdoor content creator lifestyle <laughs> covered. I'm gonna focus on on the indoor stuff. So <laughs> so that way that way I'll, we won't step on each other's toes. Okay, I so appreciate that. We each have our niche. Thank you. You're you're welcome. <laughs> Hey, Brooke, um, you know, looking through your Instagram, of course, it's it's full of outdoor and beautiful pictures. And just curious how you came to be so interested in the outdoors. Was it a family thing growing up or was it something you picked up later in life? Oh, man, um, I've always loved being outside since I was little. Um, I didn't really start getting into the mountain stuff until probably grade 12, first year college. I was on the cross country running team in college and we would go out for like retreats, team retreats in the mountains. And I remember that being kind of where my love started being out as a team. We went hiking um, and I just started to get hooked. I was huge into running. I loved running and I still do, but it was kind of my main thing in college. And I was known as this runner. Brooke was the runner <laughs> and I overran a lot and I was overtraining and I was getting injured a lot. So basically I had to find other hobbies And so I tried to find a balance and I found that going to the mountains, going hiking um, and doing all these other things, I was able to find that balance, I guess, and getting out of town still was running, but definitely in a more healthy balance. So I was finding that like runners high up on like hiking mountains and I got a road bike and I got a kayak and I got skis and I just kind of went all it. <laughs> Do you have a favorite place in, in Alberta to take photos? When everybody asks me, yeah, what's your favorite place in Alberta? And that's hard. I love the Abraham Lake area. It's quiet. It's um, it's not crawling with tourists. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can free camp anywhere around the lake. And I do love the backdrops. I love the backcountry camping out there. But you can't go wrong with a photo at Lake Louise or Two Jack Lake or yeah. Lake Minnewanka all the big names. It's beautiful. We're very lucky. Not to use the, you know, the, the I word, but um, yeah. you do it probably influence a lot of people. Um, I know for me, you've got great pictures in the mountains, going for a hike, all that type of stuff. To me, I look at that and think, well, that just sounds just awful. 
but I'm sure a lot of people really appreciate that and, you know, go for a hike. And I know you have a lot of followers, but with the interaction and stuff, do you get a lot of people telling you, hey, I went there because I, I saw it on your page and uh, that kind of reaction from, from people who follow you? Yes, I do. So with being having an online presence, I used to share a lot more geotags and trail names with my audience before I knew how much it was impacting the trails. And having a larger following, myself included, we try to veer from sharing the names of trails and locations um, to not overcrowd them. So sometimes people pick up on what trails they are, or they look into it, or they Google it themselves. So I inspire people to get outside, but not necessarily to these exact locations, unless it's iconic Lake Louise or the iconic Helling Peak or something. People will message me and say, you inspired me to start hiking. You inspired me to start running, which I really got into pushing people and I did some challenges through my Instagram account during COVID because we couldn't really go anywhere. So I had a lot of people saying I pushed them to start getting outside. Yeah, going hiking, even with cross-country skiing and stuff, lots of people have picked up skis or um, started downhill skiing and things. So if that answers your question. And I do try and message a lot with my followers. I, I am one that goes through my DMs a lot because I believe in interacting with my audience and it. I love being able to message them and have those conversations. Do you have a certain audience? Like if you went through the 175,000 people, is there is there like a demographic? graphic within that that is pretty prevalent or is it kind of spread out over age groups and male female and yeah there is definitely prevalent so 25 to 30 is my highest age biggest percentage and then just below that and just above that is the second highest and then outside of that like I do as a substitute teacher that was one thing because as a teacher you're not really supposed to have a big online presence and um I've had conversations with admin and people in the district to let them know, like, most people do know what I do. So I do have students that follow me. So yeah, you just keep it professional and inspire the kids to get out too. And I like being able to have that with the kids. So as a follow-up to Ryan's last question, outside of Alberta, where's your favorite place to travel and explore? Oh, man. Well, that's a good one, Kevin. Yeah, like I have I've been to so many like countries, most of them just once I can say that's like my favorite but Utah like I love Utah I've been there a couple of times I was supposed to go back again in May so and if you guys know I do host international group travel trips now I hosted a trip to Peru I hosted a trip to Patagonia last March um, and I was supposed to have six trips this year they were all sold out though with COVID we have had to push and push Um, so yeah Utah was supposed to be in May we just moved that Iceland was supposed to begin in February but we just had to move that again but yeah like Utah like Iceland was Unreal. And we're supposed to go back again next week, actually. But that got pushed to November. When you say you you host those those tours, are you kind of acting like a travel guide or not a guide? <laughs> um, I work with a company called Trova Trip. So they reached out to me about three years ago about hosting group travel trips. And myself and a couple others were the first couple they had reached out to. It wasn't really a thing. I was hesitant, didn't know what it was all about, but I just said heck with it. So I emailed them back. So as an Instagram content creator with a following, Trova Trip works with people like myself to get people on these trips. Trova Trip does all the arranging of the itineraries. They get everybody over in the countries. There's a guide that's hired from that country that will guide us once we get there. So my job is to just gather the people, engage my audience, have those conversations. Because 
because I travel so much, it's a way for me to get my following to travel with me. So I have been able to sell out quite a few trips. And yeah, so I get to go and just make sure everybody's having a good time and um, connect with my followers in person. That sounds like Ryan Lund's dream job right there. Oh my God. I wish, I wish I had that job. That that sounds amazing. Yeah. I guess... uh, Okay, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look into that after I start to build on my two Instagram photos. <laughs> <laughs> so, what advice would you give Lundy now that he he wants to become a content creator? Uh, maybe I think the first one might be to get out of the basement to take a couple pictures. But um, really, whether it's for ten people or you know a hundred thousand, just for people who want to you know do that on Instagram and take better photos and better content, I guess what's what's the easiest advice to give? Start six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Get a time machine. Okay. It's so hard now. Like I get those messages all the time and I should probably write a blog on how to grow your following. And it's not like it's impossible, though it is so hard because I feel like so many people want to be influencers. If we'll use that word because people do use that. I try not to. So many people are wanting to do it and it's how are you going to be different? How are you going to stand out? Because so many people are posting beautiful images in front of mountains, beautiful images, um, doing whatever it is. But what is going to draw people to your page? I highly believe in being personable with my audience. I will, like I said, interacting with them all the time. I'm always on my stories talking to the camera. I feel like that's a way for people to connect with you and just being true to yourself because people will see through the fakeness. (laughs) And even though I do, like, I do have ads on my page. I work with companies where it can come across as very addy, but that's also a way I monetize my page too. And I try very hard to work with companies whose product I actually love and I believe in. So I just feel like it's yeah, staying true to you, being authentic and just trying to be different in some way. And you you mentioned the word monetize too. And I think for a lot of people to remember, like you have a, a job as well as a substitute teacher, but doing it and doing it this well is almost like a full-time job. Like it takes work. It's not just snap a photo or whatever, you know, you're out all over the place. I know even one day, I think you went cross country skiing, running, biking all in one day. So it's, it's a lot of work to do it right. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> I don't, I don't sit well very easily. And, um, but yeah, I've been so blessed to be able to monetize it. And people ask me all the time, why aren't you full-time teaching? And I don't think people realize that I can, you monetize from it. Like, I don't think people realize you can do it full-time. Um, the reason I did go back to school and get my teaching degree I don't know how long this is going to last. I'm just doing my best and having a great time right now. And, you know, just like other things, it could flop in a year. I don't know. It could go for many more years. I'm not sure. So Brooke, do these do these companies um, that you're your brand ambassador for, do they kind of tell you what they want, like where to go, how to show their product in the best light, or do they kind of leave that up to you and give you some freedom to kind of share your thoughts on the product or service that they offer? That is a great question. And I so appreciate the brands that allow me to have the creative freedom to do what I want because then it comes across as authentic. And you go out there, there's not as much pressure to create something that doesn't feel like you along with the companies that allow you to pick out. Like if I'm working with brands and they say, okay, we're going to send you what you're going to promote. Well, that doesn't really make sense because I don't even know if I'm going to like it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's great when the brand just 
says, okay, pick out what you want. Or sometimes they're like, okay, we'll send you this, trial it for a few months. Um, and then if you like it, you can promote it. So that's what I love. And I love when they say, go and do your thing, whatever you get, send it to us and we can make sure it works for the both of us. Though some brands, it's like, yes, this is what we want. This is what you're wearing. And depending on the brand, sometimes I'm like, cool, that works for me. And I roll with it. And other times I'm like, sorry, if you don't, you're not going to give me the freedom to make it my own. And I just am not interested. Yeah. <laughs> so it definitely goes both ways. So Brooke, switching switching gears a little bit back to your following from from 170 some thousand followers and, and your interaction with your audience is, is fantastic going through direct messages and stuff. Have you ever had to, because we all know the social media world's a crazy world. Have, have you ever come across those little bit scary or creepy and, and had to block followers and, and such stuff like that? That's a good question. I do get that question. And luckily I haven't had like super creepy things because people are like, aren't you scared that they're going to like find out where you live or be on the trails when you're out running or track you down or you get these creepo messages from someone, whatever. I've been super lucky, knock on wood, that I haven't had weird encounters or weird messages from people. So when you say creepy, no, though I do have a lot of Karens in my messages <laughs> that no matter what you post, it's wrong. Whatever book I'm reading is wrong. Whatever, how I'm promoting this is wrong. And I'm a very sensitive person. And I think since the day I started social media, my mom, if you watch this, she was probably worried for me because you are in the eye of people and are you going to have people commenting, judging you no matter what people who don't know me saying things. So might not have a creepers, but I have a lot of people telling me I'm doing things <laughs> wrong. Can be hard to work through. Poor Craig. So many times he just wants, I want to respond to them. Give me your phone. I'm going to tell him. <laughs> no, let's just, and then find myself engaging in those conversations. And I have learned to not even start engaging unless it's something I feel like I have the time to chat through or like I want to hear their side of things. I think that's an important point too, because I, I know for my side, I do a lot of social media and, you know, go talk to kids at schools and teams and tell them the same thing. Ignore the haters, right? So what other advice too for, for doing uh, social media when you're on there a lot, you get a lot of those people. What other advice would you give? I know like, do you do you take some of, some of the criticism too? Does that sometimes help you maybe not completely change the way you post? But do you ever see some of that stuff, the negative stuff, and maybe use it in a positive way? Or is it all just negative garbage? Well, that's a tough question. I'd like to think I'd take that and let it sit with me. Um, it depends on the, the comments, I guess, because some people do say I come across as inauthentic. So I guess it just pushes me to try even harder and be careful more so with like what companies I am partnering with. Like even sometimes when companies message you with, I'll pay you this amount of money to post this. Sometimes I'm like, okay, no matter what you want me to do, I'll do it. But then it just makes you sometimes double think like, is that authentic me? Is that genuine? Because yeah, so that's mostly what I get is people telling me, you're so inauthentic, you're so ingenuine. Or like, you're so fake or whatever it is. So it just makes me be more aware of what I'm posting, I guess. So I'm going to switch gears on you here. What is the scariest animal encounter you've had? <laughs> Ooh, 
Well, I know like people run into grizzlies often on trails out in the Rockies, but we did run into one in mid-November that was still out on the top of a mountain while we were eating lunch. We turned around and there's a massive grizzly behind (laughs) us. Like just, he didn't see us. He was like behind the tree, but I got up to take a selfie turning the other direction and that's why I saw him. So terrifying. If we were there for like 10 more seconds, he would have seen us and like been at our lunch. Um, so I think we got up the mountain in two hours. It took us 38 minutes to get down it oh my God. <laughs> because we were just down. I think that terrified me because it just 10 more seconds. We he would have been behind us. We were eating lunch. We had my dog. Like that's the one scariest thing. I'm like, would I have to sacrifice timber? I don't know what I do. And Craig's like, yeah, we would sacrifice timber. I'm like, no, we couldn't do that. <laughs> So I don't know. Yeah, the grizzly was the scariest. It's the only encounter I've had with a scary animal. Other than moose and red deer, they can be quite intimidating. I think next time, just bring Dustin with you. And then if you run into a grizzly, you just have to outrun him and that's it. Uh, it shouldn't be too hard. So, yeah. I do have a shirt that says that on it. When in grizzly <laughs> country, hike with people that are slower than you. <laughs> I find it pretty amazing that that out of all you've done, you've really only had kind of that one scary encounter. That's uh, that makes me feel better because I'm I'm really scared of running into scary animals. And that's like the main reason why I don't want to go hiking. Like when I was snowshoeing years ago, I was the only one on the trail going up with it. Like two of us were on the trail and coming back. There were massive cougar tracks in our tracks and that veered out into the woods. So even though I didn't encounter the cougar, he was out there. And only thing you can think about the whole way down was the fact that there's a cougar on the trail. <laughs> yeah, Kev, that's my excuse too for not going running and not going hiking. Yeah, there's no grizzlies or cougars in this basement. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why I'm going to stick to the indoor indoor content creation. Yeah. A lot, a lot safer there, I think. People ask me all the time, how do you get over your fear of grizzlies? That's the one thing. People are like, I can't backcountry camp because I'm terrified of grizzlies. How do you hike? I'm terrified. And I don't have an answer. Yeah, I got to just go because out of the years I've been doing it, I have ran into a grizzly that time. And then before that, it was like one in a valley, however far away. Not very common, but. So Brooke, in back, shifting back to Red Deer a little bit, partnering with Red Deer Tourism, and, and I'm sure we're going to get to see on your social media some of the cool stuff you're going to showcase here right in our backyard but if you could pick one activity past or present of uh your favorite thing to do in uh, our own red deer running running i we have the best trails ever we have like 120 150 kilometers of paved and unpaved trails in the city which is like crazy i still feel like i'm discovering new trails and next week's post is all about trail running in red deer so you'll get to hear all about it that is my self-time i think it's amazing red deer river valley is one of the best i haven't got tired of it been running on them 13 years now do you uh do you do a lot of outdoor winter running around red deer too then oh yeah i am out there minus 25 with wind chill usually my cutoff it's hard on the body. And now with the gyms closed, I maybe be pushing through this week. What is it? Minus 35 or something this week? Oh, shoot. That's my cutoff. So I guess I won't be running this week. It's too cold for you. Yeah. yeah. Crap. Yeah, you, you can't see, Brooke, but there is a folded up treadmill right here, right in front of Lund's face that he... Is it for sale? I've been looking for one. <laughs> no, I actually, I actually do use it a little bit. Yeah, as a but... clothes rack. 
how original so what is what's your favorite trail then i know there there's quite a few and maybe if you don't want to give away your secret spot that's fine but there i know there are are a couple in the recent year i just started running and running outside so i know heritage ranch for me is probably my favorite other than uh the hill or stairs you have to come up at the end but what's your favorite that's one thing i'm going to be showcasing next week is all the trails in behind heritage ranch all the off paths out there um some of my favorites i grew up just down the street from Heritage Ranch. Uh, My parents have an acreage just right there. So that's where I spent lots of my time and into college. Though my favorite trail is a secret. I do post about it. I have my favorite spot and I put it in my stories a lot saying this is my favorite place in Red Deer. Though I haven't told anyone how to get there. Some people have figured it out because they figure out the views and whatnot. But I choose to just keep it to myself. I think we could figure it out. We're going to have to review all your stories here. Are you going to be posting that next week then? Your your favorite spot? Maybe. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. The view, it's just a beautiful view. (laughs) And there's just not many people out there. And it's just, it's nice. It's by the river, of course. But Even if Lund figures it out, you don't have to worry about him coming and and running into him there, I think. I think it'll be a puzzle solve and that's where it'll end for him. Yeah, you can't drive to it. You have to run to it. There's no parking around it. You got to run at least 2K from the nearest parking lot. That's my whole run. (laughs) Yeah, I'm out. Or could you float down the river? Oh, yeah, you could float down the river, but you have to climb the bank to get there. <laughs> okay, well, that's out. So, so Brooke, we'll start to wrap things up, and we're going to put you on the spot a little bit. But since uh, we're, I guess, Red Deer Tourism Red Deer teammates for the month of February, at some point, if we can all meet up outside safely, maybe when it's not minus 30, would you be interested in giving us a, a really quick content creator workshop? Taking some nice photos outside. I think there's not enough pictures of people doing everyday things outside either, right? You see people posing and nice, but you know, there's not enough love on Instagram for the guys who are, you know, sitting on a bench because they're tired from climbing the the Heritage Ranch (laughs) steps or scraping dog poop (laughs) off their shoe, stuff like that, right? So my goal is to glamorize everyday activities when you're walking outside. So would you like to help us with that? You should start a People of Red Deer account, you know, like the people of New York. People are really oh, yeah. pretty interesting and you can like interview them. You got a whole, you can have a whole thing going on here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's kind of what we're doing right now, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be, that would be fun. A little social distancing content workshop. Yeah. Let's, let's wait till it's a lot warmer though, before we start talking about that stuff. There's no such thing as cold weather, only poorly dressed. Oh, yeah. you say only cold people or only weak people. <laughs> <laughs> Well, again, Brooke, thanks. Thanks a lot for taking the time to talk to us. You know, for the four of us, we thought it's a, a really, really interesting thing that you've done and, and what you've accomplished with social media. You know, as we mentioned, a lot of people try and do it, but don't do it well. You do it really well. So thanks for sharing a lot of your secrets. And again, can't wait to see what you're posting the rest of the month for Red Deer and can't wait for this uh, content creator session. I think we're going to come out of it, maybe not better people, but better at posting on Instagram at least. <laughs> Yeah, well, thank you for having me on. And I'm excited to see what you guys get up to, too. Yeah, thanks a lot, Brooke. I I learned a lot today. Yeah, thank you, Brooke. Big thanks again to our, our new social media teammate with Tourism Red Deer, Brooke Wilson. There's a lot a lot to learn there. Lund, I can't wait to see your social media career just take off. But again, yeah, big thanks to Brooke. I know we, we peppered her with a lot of questions and even had a great chat with her after afterwards too and learned a lot more. And every day you can learn something is a good day, right? I just think it's hilarious that we're lumped in with her. She's this marketing brand genius and has an amazing following and has, has really discovered her brand in the last six years. And then there's us five episodes into a new podcast with 
what do we got 800 followers so thanks brooke for for taking the time to to give us a lesson on how to move forward with this business but hey i think we're doing okay you know we've got door tender again a great sponsor we're once again enjoying enjoying some beer from them and tonight it's blind man brewing out in lacombe so make sure you check out the episode of oh beer on on youtube and as always we'll just quickly everyone will just uh, say say what beer you're reviewing and don't give away too much so that they they have to go watch the video i'll go first i guess drinking the blind man river session ale tonight and uh it's first time i've had it i really enjoyed it and i would definitely buy it again i'm drinking the uh long shadows ipa great easy drinking ipa and packs a punch at 7.1 percent. i got the five of diamonds pilsner and anyone who's had a pilsner uh, knows they're pretty crisp and clean and light in the name five of diamonds uh pretty local to lacombe and they got a huge five of diamonds lure and if you're a fisherman i i suggest you go out and try this at the old blind man and i am drinking the trip hammer robust porter and i i like it it's it's good it's the first dark beer we've done on old beer and i just like the word robust because it perfectly describes my personality uh and my body type so there we go (laughs) make sure you go check out old beer Go check out our latest episode of Oh Beer on YouTube. And of course, uh, show Blind Man some support. Order them on DoorTender. If you haven't used that code yet, Oh Deer, D-E-E-R, you're going to get $5 off your first order. And the more people you invite to, you're going to get $10 as well. And as always, big thank you to DoorTender. Sponsoring a, a social media prize too, which we're going to talk about at the end of the show. But again, big thank you to DoorTender. I haven't been to a liquor store since we started this show and it's been awesome. I just get my fridge stocked by DoorTender and and I have beer to drink every weekend. So cheers to them. Yeah, it's 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 a fantastic idea. I'm just worried that they're making it too easy. Too easy to <laughs> To drink a lot of alcohol and not get out and and work off all the alcohol you've drank. That's on you, man. I know. I know. I'm, I'm always looking to blame someone else. So. <laughs> but on that note, they do have a store now too. Right? They've got a, a physical store on uh, on Gates Ave too that, that you can go visit if you do want to get out of the house. But again, this is uh, Friday. What's today? February 5th. So everyone knows how cold it is today. So... You know, I can imagine door tender, like a lot of delivery services, pretty busy. And yeah, yeah, definitely thankful to have them today. So Lundy, are you saying that the only exercise you get is when you walk through the liquor store? <laughs> uh, Kev, I'm saying it's it's part of my exercise routine. It's not, that's not the only thing. But now door tender is taking that part away. I mean, it's probably one out of like four parts. So there's plenty of other parts <laughs> involved in, in my daily exercise routine. Well, I, I misspoke. I don't... I, I, I miss, but I don't order door tender daily, but I could because they're open seven <laughs> days a week. <laughs> All right. Well, now we're going to do a complete 180 because we're going to talk about some smart stuff. If anyone knows Kevin Walsh, this is a, a new segment we're doing. Everyone who knows Walsh, even listening to the show, you can tell he is honestly a, a very, very smart guy. So this is a segment we're, we're going to learn something every time he's he's going to teach us something new. This is called Walsh's Wisdom, and it is sponsored by a, well, a pretty cool sponsor in Rob Ray Clothers, Clothiers, Clothier, any of the above. They all work, yep. So, so Walsh, how, how have things been going? Yeah, it's been interesting so far and I'm learning a lot. Um, thankfully, I have some great business partners and we all have unique strengths and we work together really well. 
We're bringing in some new and unique brands, and we're going to be offering a wider variety of styles and price points. We're excited to be moving to a new location in the East Hill Shopping Center in the old Quiznos location, and uh, we'll be open in early March. So come see us downtown right now for some great moving sale deals. And Dustin, I know you're burning to know we weren't able to keep the Quiznos oven in the store. Well, that that would just be marketing genius. Could you imagine ordering a Quiznos sub and a suit at the same time? That would be amazing. It would fit better because you'd have a nice mesquite chicken in you. Then you'd go get fitted for your suit. And then it would probably fit a little looser after you got home. So yeah, maybe that's that's some sort of uh, expansion plan that you guys can work on, Kev, when you gets up. Just, just bring Quiznos back, man. Yeah, we kept a space for the oven. Don't worry. <laughs> So Lund had one line to remember the whole night and he forgot to mention, you may have seen this too, Walsh is now a part owner of Rob Ray. He got his line half right, but uh, you know, from all of us, congratulations. Like it's really cool. We knew you were working with them, but we didn't even find out till a bit later that you're a part owner. So on a podcast, that's all about supporting local and celebrating local people and local business owners. It's pretty cool now that we have one right on the show, right part of the podcast. So yeah, congratulations and we wish you nothing but the best. Yeah. Thanks fellas. I'm looking forward to uh, creating some content with you guys when we try and fit you into some suits later on. (laughs) And I will say we're not going to give away much because we're going to save it, but I know already you guys are planning some pretty cool stuff too and and trying to be an innovative business. So I can't wait. And that's why I can't wait to hear some of Walsh's wisdom because I I already know it's going to be good. So sock it to us. All right. So for the first episode of uh, Walsh's Wisdom, I'm going to teach you guys about psychedelic medicine. Basically, you know, I think we all know that, you know, magic mushrooms or psilocybin uh, has been around for thousands of years and used in a lot of uh, ritualistic ceremonies by uh, all different types of, of cultures over the years. But really in the 50s and 60s, there was some actual pretty good research going on by some high-level scientists about the potential benefits of these different substances and how they affect a person's brain. So, Kev, when you say when you say research, do you just mean people were just eating a crap load of these mushrooms? Or are you talking about actual scientists actually studying the effects? It was actual scientists doing actual research. And that's the only way we condone it. Yes. So, this was in the 50s and 60s. Well, of course... People started to realize the recreational benefits, let's call it, of of these substances. And so, of course, it started leaking out of the labs and into the general culture. They shut down the psychedelics totally, both in the public and they also shut down all the research. And uh, fast forward now to, you know, 2021 now, uh, the last, you know, five or six years, it's really taken off because they've really started to see the benefits of using this drug properly in a medical setting, not recreationally, and the effects that it has on curing people of depression, PTSD, substance abuse, uh, and other sort of mental health issues, which obviously are becoming much more uh, widespread. And especially with the pandemic going on, it's, it's just becoming a bigger problem to the point where there's bigger institutions like John Hopkins University and University of Toronto. They've built these millions of dollars centers for research. So again, this isn't in a recreational setting. What it's meant for is you would spend you know, maybe eight sessions or 10 sessions or whatever it is with an actual therapist or psychiatrist or psychologist and talking through your issues that are leading to your PTSD or depression or whatever it might be. And then you might have one or two sessions where you take a prescribed amount of the psychedelic substance like psilocybin, which is found in magic mushrooms. 
and you take this in a therapist's room with the doctor and they help walk you through your issues. There's a, a lot of different uh, phase three clinical trials going on around the world right now, and they are finding outstanding results. You know, I've heard of a lot of stories of retired hockey players that uh, are, are having trouble finding their way and, and becoming depressed um, with not having the game and, you know, some of the injuries that they've incurred throughout their careers and are exploring the macro or micro dosings of I believe you called it psilocybins. You know, the, the results are are great and uh, definitely something that, uh, you know, I would look into if if the research and I have a scientist wife, so she she keeps me pretty, pretty up to date with what's going on. And obviously Walsh's wisdom had me going today. I like it. It's it's pretty awesome that Canada is one of the leaders in this, uh, because as we know, mental health is is a big issue and it's only going to get worse. Part of the boom is is because mental illness is becoming more mainstream and more aware and more people are talking about it, which is great. And also, you know, the mainstream of, of cannabis over the last five, six years has, I think, really opened the doors to people being more accepting of these other uh, treatments. John Hopkins recently did a study. Uh, they had 24 participants that all were diagnosed with severe clinical depression. After two psilocybin treatments... After four weeks of those treatments, over half of the participants were considered in remission, meaning they they no longer qualified as being depressed. So to me, that's amazing. Again, this is something that they're finding that people don't have to continually do. It's literally you do it once. And so one TED talk that I saw was Rick Doblin, who was kind of, again, he's the pioneer, the modern pioneer. He told a story about how this was kind of back in the early 2000s when it wasn't really mainstream. And he kind of just found people that, hey, can you let me try this on you kind of thing. And so there was this, <laughs> this yeah, this this one guy in his 20s. Just found people off the streets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he found them, uh, but he found this one guy. And, and I think the guy was on like a tour in Iraq. He was in the army and his entire squadron got killed by like a roadside bomb. And he was the only, only survivor. So as you can imagine, you know, survivor's guilt, uh, severe depression. He did one session of psilocybin treatment and something clicked in that treatment where I'm going to go live my best life because that's what my comrades would want me to. And now he's like in Mexico or Africa somewhere building houses for like the poor. And he's never been happier. No, not on any drugs, nothing, never had to do it again. He did it once and, and he was cured. So obviously that's not going to happen with everybody. But I think it goes to show the power. And, and like I said, there's a lot of research going on. Uh, and because they're in phase three trials, it means they're really close to solving the problem and, and developing the right uh, protocols and regulations that they need to be able to deploy this to the general public. And so that's where it's going. I find that uh, really interesting, Walsh. It's going to be it's going to be kind of cool to follow, follow along and, and see how this progresses. And when we look back on this on this episode and your first first Walsh's wisdom, it's going to be in, in a year from now or in three years or five years from now, it's going to see if it is going to become more mainstream or uh, more accessible to people who need it. From what you're telling us, it sounds like it sounds like it's it's a great idea and there's plenty of positive research that's happening right now. So I'm I'm pretty intrigued about it. And I I just have to think that the positive move forward on the stigma stigma of mental health has has helped this along the way and helped different treatments and research, you know, more people that are talking about it instead of hiding their thoughts and feelings has got to have furthered the research and ability to 
identify the psilocybins that can help people, you know, live a better life, which is awesome. I think it's great. Walsh's wisdom hit at home today and it's uh, a great first episode. Well done, Kev. There we go. First first edition of Walsh's Wisdom. You know what? We, we have a lot of laughs on the show, usually at each other's expense, but uh, you know, it, it is nice to learn something. I thought that was that was really cool too. You know, you hear the word cannabis, you hear the word magic mushroom, that type of stuff. Still kind of a, a buzzword, the stigma around it, but it's, it's really cool to see people exploring those type of things that have that negative connotation for positive reasons. So can't wait to see what we learn next time. So that uh, brings us about to the halfway point of our show where we just have to remind you that Mike Sereo is still a sick beauty and he still ran an Ironman in 2010. boy, Mike. He actually just texted me, old Mike Seringo. I, I texted him to see which animals he could do. He said he could do a moose. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see it. We, we have a no phone rule while we're recording, but... I'm I'm still glad you texted him because uh, next time we see him, he's on camera. He's going to have to make a, a balloon moose now. All right. So episode five is going to come out just before Valentine's Day, if I, if I can manage my time properly. And, you know, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to talk about dating, but I think we need to bring in a, a dating expert and maybe someone who's an expert on my dating life. You know what? It's the, the really the fifth member of this podcast. You've heard us talk about coworker Aaron. She's basically our content advisor. All the nice graphics you see on social media, it's coworker Aaron. So Aaron, welcome to the show. I am truly, truly honored to be a guest. And I just hope that this whole section doesn't get cut out. Welcome, coworker Aaron. And I wouldn't say I'm a dating expert. I just like to tell other people how they should run their lives. So... Yeah, I mean, I don't even give you a choice at, at work. Well, just to set the scene, Aaron sits between me and coworker Kevin, who we used to call Hot Kevin, which would be confusing because I'm looking at a Hot Kevin right now. And really, we don't want to objectify anyone. But coworker Kevin, otherwise known as the athlete, between us two, Aaron's just going back and forth with life advice, da- dating advice. We thought it would be fun that, to have her on the show here and, and kind of share in, in this dating segment. And you have podcast experience. Poor podcast experience, but um, a few years ago, my friend Andrea and I did uh, the Bad Porno Book Club. <laughs> like, were you reviewing magazines like Hustler and Playboy? So one of our favorite podcasts was My Dad Wrote a Porno. It's this guy in Britain and his dad was self writing and self-publishing these filthy porno books and they found them and and did a podcast around them. Our coworker at the time also wrote a bad porno and it's called A Touch of Grey Down There. (laughs) And it's a geriatric sex thriller. Oh my God. This podcast took a quick turn. Erin, did she steal this? Steal the name from Fifty Shades of Grey, or did they steal yes. the name from her? <laughs> it uh, it is definitely a spin off of the Fifty Shades of Grey books, just with a geriatric bent. And you can get it on Amazon for two ninety nine as a Kindle download. <laughs> oh, there we go. There's a perfect Valentine's Day gift. Honestly, yes, yes, everybody. A touch of grey down there by Blake oh. Lockhart. It will change your life. I, uh, so two things out of this first couple minutes is coming in, everyone probably thought one thing about coworker Aaron and you totally flipped that on its head. And I think that's why we, we get along so well and, and have such a great time at work. The other thing, I just love that Dustin considers Hustler to be a book. <laughs> well, I haven't, I mean, the only thing I read are ad reads. 
That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and goosebumps. So I think this is a time. This is a good time to get in into Deer Call. Talk about dating advice. Aaron's heard some of our bad dates. First of all, not only is Lund going to give us a deer call. <laughs> I don't even know if that's right. But also, Lund, who is Deer Call brought to you by? Oh, I'm glad you asked, Ted. Deer Call is sponsored by Andrew Russell and Associates, the future realtor of Ted Emmett. <laughs> Visit them online at andrewrussell.ca and tell them Lundy sent you. <laughs> <laughs> so... Honestly, with that, we we had a good talk with Andrew. We're we're trying to figure out, you know, when we when we're partnering with people, we want to have that call to action, and we came on something pretty fun. Now, Dustin and Walsh don't know this; they don't know that we've agreed to this. Yeah, and they don't have a choice. No, they're in it. I I think they're gonna like it. Any new client of Andrew Russell. So if you need a realtor and you go to Andrew Russell and you're a new client and say, hey, I heard about you on the Oh Dear podcast, the four of us and maybe coworker Erin, depending on, on what she's doing, because she's lumped into this, we're going to show up for about an hour, two hours. We're going to help you move in if you want. <laughs> But we're also going to show up. We're going to order some door tender champagne. We're going to probably bring you bring you some food. We're going to have a little bit of a move-in party. Now, this is obviously subject to regulations, but and there's a, a big incentive, I think, to use Andrew Russell. And like I said, you maybe don't want four strange men helping you move in, but I hope at least one person does it because I think that'd be a, a ton of fun. Yeah, and we do not move grand pianos or anything of the like. Well, also I got to say is it better be a four or five bedroom because if we're ordering door tender, it's probably going to be a big order and I'm going to need a sleepover. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we are 100% serious. If you haven't used Andrew Russell before, tell him Lundy sent you and you will have the option to, for us to help you move in. And let's, let's caveat this right now. You have to be a new client and you can't have already purchased a home and then just retroactively said that Lundy sent you. It's got to be brand new purchase after this podcast airs and we're, we'll help you move. We'll help you drink. We'll help you eat. <laughs> so basically no strings attached. Yeah. I'm just glad our new neighbors didn't, you know, like moved in before they heard this because we, we could have got roped into that pretty easy. Yeah. I know we timed that well. And one more thing that the latest Andrew Russell support local spotlight on social media is Sims Furniture. They've been around for over 70 years, a huge supporter of the Red Deer community. So if you don't already follow Andrew on Facebook and Instagram, go on there, follow along every couple of weeks as he spotlights a new business. I got my uh, couch upstairs from Sims. Got it about seven years ago and it's still holding strong. It's still holding Ted. <laughs> <laughs> if that's not a good product endorsement, oh, I don't know yeah. what is. This deer call, we put the call out on social media for some bad dates. Did something pretty cool this time. We had three people actually send in. They recorded on their phones. They recorded themselves telling the story. And so instead of us just reading a story out, we're going to hear from them. Uh, three great stories. And then we'll probably share some of our own. And I don't think we have time for us to share all of our bad dates. But uh, let's start with Carla. She had a couple different good ones for us here. So here we go. Uh, these experiences take place between 2016 and 2018, where the dating apps were a lot of the rage at the time. A couple of terrible experiences I had actually took place while messaging guys I had matched with on these apps. And I had encountered messaging an adult baby, which if you don't know what that is, Google it. A guy who offered me black heroin, also Google that. And a guy who offered to take me out to dinner 
then bring me back to his place where I would be tied up and gagged. And (laughs) all of those were terrifying, um, incredibly honest. And at the same time, I learned a lot about fetishes and the drug scene. So, you know, can't deny the learning experiences from that one. When I was physically going on dates with uh, some guys, there's a couple of experiences that certainly stand out as terrible. I went on a date with a guy where he was 45 minutes late and he was messaging me the whole time with every excuse as to why he was that late. Traffic. His car wouldn't start. He missed the bus. His Uber was lost, et cetera, et cetera. He finally shows up, tells me that his mom died yesterday, and then ordered four Jaeger bombs, which he took all of them. When the bill came, he didn't have any money on him. He brought out his wallet and a bag of cocaine fell out of it. (laughs) And I ended up paying that bill. And at the end of it, he got an hour and a half of free therapy and drinks. So good for him. Oh Another worst date that I went on was actually locally in Red Deer at How Cafe Tiffany's, which is a great spot for a great dinner. He shows up in a wrinkled ACDC t-shirt and ripped jeans that were not fashionably ripped. These were falling apart. <laughs> on the date, he informs me that he's currently recovering from being homeless and is staying in a friend's trailer until he can get his life figured out. After the date, I wasn't feeling much of a vibe. And he had offered to have me over to his place for a drink, which upon leaving Cafe Tiffany's, I saw that his trailer was actually parked in the parking lot. I denied the drink to say and overall just was ready to move forward. But those are two of the worst first dates that I have ever encountered. And I hope that they brought you as much joy as they did fear uh, in me for what the dating scene uh, was currently like. Oh my God. That is a, thank you, Carla, for being so honest. And I will say when she emailed this, she followed up by saying, I don't want to scare anyone away from dating. I've had a lot of great dates. Those are just some bad stories, but I mean, it, it happens maybe, maybe not to, to that extreme, but dating in this day and age, that's, that's sometimes that's the kind of people you get. I have so many thoughts. Honestly, I probably would have gone out with the adult baby because I would have had so many questions. <laughs> Was he dressed as a baby when they went out? I don't I don't know. And like you never I, I know. know she said Oh, because he would be wearing like a diaper underneath his his clothes? I mean, you'd have to go out and find out. Like, I'm, I'm trying to picture what an adult baby would look like. It's got to be like a diaper and a bonnet. And then that's it, right? Like, am I missing the outfit? Well, she she told you to Google it. Yeah, just not, <laughs> don't do it on your work computer. I've got your iPad right here, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Carla, for sharing. And we'll move on to another one here. This actually is co-worker Kevin. Uh, so here we go. I had this girl come over to my place for a second date. Uh, my roommates were out at a Christmas party that night, so I knew that they were going to be out decently late and we were going to have the house to ourselves for the majority of the night. Things are going well and and the date's going well and then we're kind of just sitting on the couch and chatting and all of a sudden the door flies open and my one roommate comes in and he is hammered. And so he starts trying to talk to us, but we can't even understand what he's saying because he's so drunk. And then... All of a sudden, probably like four minutes later, other roommate comes in and he's even more drunk, like can't (laughs) even really hardly walk into the house. So I brought him upstairs and just put him to bed. Uh, with the help of my other roommate. And then my other roommate followed me back downstairs and saw the girl's jacket sitting on the chair. And so he decided to take his shirt off 
and put her jacket on. And then he started asking us all of these really awkward second date questions. Like if we were dating or if we had slept together and telling her that he would definitely sleep with me. And then all of a sudden, like maybe 10 minutes later, this Uber pulls up in front of the house. Two more guys come out and enter the house. And now we're just basically a full on after party at this point. So now I have drunk firefighters asking me and this girl I basically just met all of these random questions. And it was so awkward. And so eventually everyone kind of leaves and it's it's really late or I guess early in the morning at this point. She obviously is like, well, you know, I'm going to go. So I went and I grabbed her coat that my drunk shirtless roommate had been wearing the entire night and I give it to her and she leaves and I never heard from her again. That's terrible. I feel so bad for Kev because I'm, (laughs) I, you know, I've been dating my wife for over half my life and I think I've put on 10 women's coats in my day. Aaron and Lund, actually, it's funny that he told this story because we were all there when he met this girl. It was at the the wannabe Spice Girls tribute <gasps> concert that we talked about last episode. He met her there. Okay. He never told me this story. So how was he keeping this information to see? I thought this happened like before me. I can't believe that he didn't share this immediately when he came to work. And he made it sound like he lives in a clown car with all of his roommates. <laughs> Well, I've been I've been over to his house before, and it's not it's not a mansion. So if there's four four dudes or five dudes in there, yeah, poor girl. Yeah, I think the worst thing about that is it's like the, it's a bad date that was neither of their fault. But it's the company you keep, yeah. I guess. Yeah, they like said you know it could be worse roommate wise, right? I guess. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Like, what's the worst thing I do is turn the crock pot on so you don't give your girlfriend food poisoning when you're cooking chicken. like, Or forget to turn off the barbecue so you almost blow up the house. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. So that was uh, that was co-worker Kevin's story. Aaron, I, I, I specifically remember him telling us that at work. So uh, yeah. maybe listen better. Yeah, I'm not a great listener. I'm a better talker. So listening to all these stories is starting to make me feel a whole lot better about all my all my dates I've had. So last one here, this is from Moira and it's a little bit of a longer one. So, uh, so buckle up, but it's, uh, it's a bit of a doozy. I met a guy on Tinder who lived up in Edmonton and uh, he offered to drive down from Edmonton to meet me in Red Deer. We're going to do dinner and golf at Lakewood. Right, sounds legit so far. And uh, just spot, to preface this, his Tinder bio, the actual bio said, uh, must love golf. So big golf guy, a uh, huge golf fan. And I like golf, so I figured why not? So we meet at the restaurant and he beats me there. And oh, uh, I walk into it's State and Maine on the North End and he's wearing a full on, like those flamingo suits where he's got like the tight <laughs> European shorts and it's like bright pinks and purples. And he's maybe got about one button done up on his shirt, just sitting there having a beer having a good time and you know okay that's all right everyone's got their own style no worries there dinner goes okay good enough anyways that I'm willing to spend another two plus hours with him on a golf course so we drive out there separately and we get to the course and we're kind of getting our clubs out of our vehicles and stuff and uh he starts showing me his golf shoes and he's got like I don't even know what they are but they have little cranks on them so like you don't even have shoelaces like they're super fancy where you, you crank them to tighten them instead of tying up shoelaces like a regular person I'm starting to get nervous because I'm thinking like this guy's he 
he golfs. Like I'm going to get my ass kicked all over this course. I'm going to embarrass myself. So we go to, to tee off on hole one and uh, a member gets paired up with us. So that's fine by me. He seems like a nice guy. He's teeing off from the tips. So I'm kind of like, oh man, I'm really out of my element here. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm out of my depth. <laughs> the guy I'm on a date with goes over to me and he says, yeah, I'm just going to tee off with you. And I am <laughs> confused <laughs> to say the least. So I thought, oh, maybe he's just being nice and maybe he, he can see that I'm nervous. So he's going to, I don't know, comfort me by teeing off on the ladies' tees. So we go up there and, and I tee off first. And uh, thankfully, it was a great tee shot for me. Um, a bit of a humble brag, but it was, I was like, okay, that's a good start for me. He goes to tee off and uh, like, I meant he, it's like Charles Barkley up there. Like he <laughs> swung so bad and so hard. Like he did a little spinorama and he missed the ball entirely. <laughs> And so I'm instantly mortified because if that was me, I probably would have just went home. But, you know, he shakes it off and he says, oh, the new shoes. Like, I'm just <laughs> having a hard time getting used to the spikes. So he goes again and uh, misses the ball again. I'm just standing there like this is this is going to be tough. So then he, he finally connects and it's not good. By the time we got to my drive, I think he was shooting like it must have been like six or six or eight somewhere in there already. And so I'm kind of feeling bad because the members there to play and we're obviously holding him up. So hole one, like I think I ended up with a bogey and he says he got like a, a snowman or something. And I'm like, I'm not going to haggle this guy over score. Like that's not why we're here. We're here to have fun. But uh, it progressively got worse where he started lying about his score on every single hole. So like he would have the same score as me. And like, honestly, we shouldn't even be keeping score at this point because um, it was that bad, but I was unfortunately also having probably the round of my summer, if not my life. So <laughs> that didn't help things at all. I was texting my dad being like, should I play worse? Like to make him feel better? Like I'm just, I don't know what to do. As we're kind of finishing up, he goes, you know, I want you to guess how long I've been playing golf. I didn't know what to say. Cause like, I mean, there was nothing really that good about the round. And then, so he kind of took my silence as I didn't want to answer. And so I've, I've only been playing for three weeks. And in my head, I'm thinking, what kind of guy? is only playing golf for three weeks that he's bought like a $300 pair of shoes. He's been talking nonstop about golf, like how he's golfing all these courses and, you know, he's passionate about it, which is great. He's just terrible. And uh, so finally, you know, what we do the whole like we should do this again sometime. You know, that was fun. All that good stuff. And uh, I go to leave, get out of there. And I'm just I'm I'm done with the whole situation. And he texts me the next day. I was actually at a wedding the next day, I think. Oh, I just shot an honest 82 uh, on 18. <laughs> and I like as well through my phone. I was like, buddy, like you probably only shot an 82 on nine. <laughs> like, what, like the line was probably what got me the most, but, um, fun first and only date. That guy had to be messing with her. Yeah. Like how do you, Is it London? I, I've, oh. ne I've never shot an honest yeah. 82 in my life. There's a, and the first thing I think of is that's just, that's the dating equivalent of saying you're proficient in Microsoft office and then having to make a spreadsheet on your first day on the job and not knowing what the hell to do. Good comparison. I, I, I'm starting to feel a little better about myself. You know, I wrote down my worst date story. And like I said, I have been with my wife for like 17 years. My worst date story just involves her breaking up with me in a Wendy's parking lot. So I'm like, I'm like pumped. <laughs> Maybe she broke up with you because you went on a date at Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> JVCs were all the rage back in the day, baby. 
I mean, for for anyone listening, that is my ideal first date. I don't know if anyone else has has any bad dates, but nothing nothing that can compete with those, those ones I've heard. At least not from my point of view. So I'll I'll defer to you guys. I have so many. Although I will say, for as many dates that I've gone on with terrible men or men acting terribly, I have also been a really bad dater. And I will share my most embarrassing bad date story where I was the bad date. I was set up on a blind date by a good friend of mine and he wanted it to be totally blind. So don't Google the person, nothing, totally into it. So he picked me up, lovely guy, absolutely wonderful, smart, charming, good looking, was great. We decided to go bowling. And I had, I think I ran a Spartan race or something the day before. I was fairly dehydrated and already a little bit of a lightweight. And so we went bowling and I got drunk, sloppy, belligerent, terribly drunk. And then as he's driving me home, and this is the middle of the day, (laughs) I'm also not feeling a ton of chemistry, which is fine. And we, you know, talked about some probably too big for a first date, but kind of goals and what we want in life. And, you know, he had talked about how important family was to him and having a family. And we get to my front door. And at the time, I was very much not wanting to have children. And so he said, well, this was great. Be very graciously said, this was great. Like we should do it again sometime. And I looked at him and I said, oh, it's been wonderful, but I don't want babies. And I shook my arms like I had a baby (laughs) and then walked in my house and never talked to him again. (laughs) Had you guys been talking about babies at all throughout the, throughout the day? that he mentioned that having a family was important to him. <laughs> well, it's, first of all, refreshing to hear someone admit they were a bad date, but everything turned out great for Aaron because just a couple months ago, she married an absolute man rocket of a red deer firefighter, the man of her dream, the man of my dreams, let's be yeah. honest. So so it, it does work out. And, and that's why I'm comfortable taking advice from Aaron. Let's face it. I mean, most of our listeners are probably around our age and dating in your thirties, whether, you know, we got a lot of different people. We got two married guys, Lund's in a newer relationship. I'm divorced. And like, if if dating in your 30s is like tomato soup, then I'm a fork because it is just terrible. But, oh, man. but really, because it's it's different. And, you know, usually it's someone else getting out of a relationship. And, and I don't know what it is. Obviously, COVID dating too right now is tough. But when we're talking about right now, especially COVID dating, mm-hmm. you know, you, you do have some data, dating ideas and stuff. You know, what, what, what can you do right now without essentially breaking the law? Well, I mean, not much. And I think it's very important right now to take into consideration everybody's comfort levels because some people are still coming in hot and wanting to touch faces and you might not be comfortable with that. So like stick to your comfort zone, set your boundaries. You can pretty much walk outside or break the law. But I would say, especially COVID dating, and Ted, I know you went on a couple of COVID dates responsibly. I think the biggest issue right now is that you still, it's a date and you still have to create intimacy because otherwise you're just friends hanging out. So I think you have to find that level with a partner and with trust 
on the dates, but there has to be physical touching or shared moments where you're creating, you know, inside jokes or laughing at something because if you don't, it's just friends hanging out. And I think that you'll miss out on those opportunities, but there's a million places to go skating and go walking in red deer. And when the weather is nice, it's an incredible place to be outside with somebody and take a chance, do active dates where you can have some interaction and some touching, take chances get out there and try something new with somebody because that will help you bond and kind of decide if there's chemistry or not. Yeah. The the end of COVID dates are pretty weird because you basically just stare at each other from across the parking lot. And it's just like in Dumb and Dumber, right? It's big gulps, eh? <laughs> well, see you later. And that's it. So Ted, honest question here. And, and you've been on a few, few dates and responsibly and like, do you guys mask up and, and touch lips or, or how does that work? Think, think about what you just said. That was a, a weird question. Um, that was like the equivalent of one of your answers, but, <laughs> but no, like I said, there's really like to take your question in a, an actual, give it an actual answer. It's basically, and could you go out for dinner and drinks and right. You don't know. It's like Aaron said, you don't know people's comfort level too. So normally maybe COVID helps me because I never know when to make a move, honestly. And that's why I consult Aaron so much. Cause I, I just don't know. But in this case, it's like, yeah, like, I don't know. It's still COVID. You don't want to push the boundaries and stuff. So, but, but Dustin, no, I've never touched lips through a okay. mask with okay. someone you don't you don't put on a mask and then just cut a hole in the mask <laughs> so you can so you can touch lips you know what ask me after my next date okay and we'll, we'll see yeah no it's it is weird dating right now and you know what i'm i'm just working on myself that's what i'm using covid for and it, it is it's not going great but <laughs> no i think i think it is going pretty good for you though from this time a year ago i think you're a you're a changed person yeah i mean 2020 was the year of ted I I'd actually, I did not have a bad date in 2020. I will say that, you know, they didn't all, well, none of them obviously worked out or anything, but no, it, it was good. And you get back out there a bit. And honestly, I, I learned how to be alone <laughs> and just hang out with you. <laughs> that wasn't supposed to sound cheesy. That was yeah. a moment of sincerity. Oh, can you imagine of having given yourself that Hallmark card? <laughs> <laughs> I love myself. Well, I know like we're talking about Valentine's Day too, like Dustin and, and Walsh, you know, do you guys, you guys still do, do something special or is it, is it honestly kind of just a day? And I, I know for Dustin, every day must be an absolute romantic adventure with Dustin. So. Yeah, I'm pretty lucky. I'm, I'm not much of a romantic guy and Ashley doesn't love Valentine's Day either. So it's, we celebrate every day together, Ted. We don't need one day. Oh my God. <laughs> Give me a break. What are you guys doing this year for Valentine's Day? What I do every year, I'm buying chocolates and flowers. And what are you doing for your wife? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think Valentine's Day is, again, it's kind of one of those overblown corporate holidays that I think someone had a brilliant marketing idea way back when and came up and it's good to uh, pay some more attention to your significant other on that day. But uh, for me and my wife, it's just you know, she said, just make sure you get me chocolate and flowers and I'll be happy. So I make sure to do that. I think that's the absolute key to not only Valentine's Day, but 
any holiday with your significant others or people in your life, set the expectations, say to your husband, I want flowers. I want chocolate. And that is it because then nobody's disappointed. If you say, I don't want to do anything. It's totally like a day. I don't even care about, but you're, (laughs) but you're expecting something romantic and to come home to a house filled with roses. You can't be mad when that doesn't happen. You clearly told your partner that you didn't want that. So say what you want. If you want a surprise party for your birthday, tell people you have to make these things happen because when you pretend it's not a big deal, people take you at your word. Oh, we're learning so much from you. But <laughs> I, I do think though, I think there's days like Valentine's Day where it is nice though to, to set a day because you get so busy in the hustle and bustle of life to set a day just like anything else, right? There's days throughout the year where it shouldn't only be the one day, but but why not celebrate it? So that's actually going to lead into a door tender and bows have teamed up. Honestly, if you're listening to this, if it's before Valentine's Day, you probably have two days. But either way, they're doing a bit of a contest. Bose has a, a great Valentine's Day box. If door tenders throwing in a couple bottles of wine, all you have to do is go to our social media to find out how to win. And because I'm free that day, I am going to deliver it to your house if you win. So obviously you got to be in the Red Deer and area. I think too, like this year is going to be a weird Valentine's Day, but you still celebrate at home. Uh, hopefully in the week before this airs that you know, the, the restaurant easement doesn't go back or anything. So you can go out, but there's a great option too, is, is just make a nice night in pre-plan, whatever it is, whether it's big or small or nothing. But if you want to cook a fancy dinner, have all the groceries beforehand. If you, you know, are doing something virtual with somebody, have a plan, have times, have food ordered, have drinks ordered, whatever it is so that you can kind of share in an experience. And there's tons like Amazon prime and a lot of these streaming services, you can watch shows together I think that the key is because you can go on Pinterest and find a million different date ideas, but to plan it ahead of time so that when Valentine's Day comes around, you don't just get lazy and do nothing unless that's what you want to do. I've never seen Lundy write more notes than he is right now. (laughs) Yeah. He wrote down two words. Yeah. No lazy. Yeah. What what day is Valentine's Day? <laughs> you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's February 14th this year. Oh, this year it's the 14th? Okay. It's like Easter. Yeah. It moves around. You can never quite remember when it's going to pop up. And if you're alone on Valentine's Day, that's okay too. And you know what? If you want to win the Valentine's Day box, I will split it with you and we'll have a great Zoom dinner and, and chat with each other. I just, I just kind of want a free dinner. So I'm yeah. going to insert You're myself gonna... into that. But really Valentine's day can be a day where, where people who are single, especially now kind of get down on themselves. You get to do it. You, you really can watch TV in your underwear, order takeout and, and go to bed when you want. So I think it's, it's a day to celebrate no matter what. Treat yourself. Cause it is hard out there. I've got single girlfriends and it is, I wouldn't want to be dating right now. You should probably tell me their phone numbers just to, <laughs> so we can compare notes. You know who is with probably going to really treat their wife great on Valentine's Day is Mike Sorreo. He probably will really... I bet she's going to make her the best balloon animal. And yeah, I, ho- I hope he sends us a picture of what he makes her. I He texted me actually a couple of minutes ago and, and said he was going to make some hearts, some balloon hearts for Valentine's Day. So. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there we go. That was our uh, dating advice, quote unquote, dating chat. But hey, great debut on the show by coworker Aaron out from behind the scenes. Really appreciate you having having you on and definitely going to have you back. I think uh, full of wisdom and some truth bombs in there too, which which I know I always appreciate. And I think we can both agree I need to hear sometimes. So, you know, thanks for all you do behind the scenes. And now thanks for being a part of the show. 
No, anytime. And I don't know, Ted, last year was the year of Ted. So you didn't need much advice from me. You, uh, you got it handled. I'm proud of you. We'll, we'll share some stories next time you're on. Yeah. I have so many. I would love to share. I can't wait to hear what he's like at work because I know exactly what he's like at home. It's the same. Wonderful-ish. You know what? I'm pretty on board with who I am as a person, so you guys can talk away. It's fine. Okay, Aaron, I'll grab your number after <laughs> this after this episode. Perfect. Well, that was uh, that was a roller coaster. Thank you again to, to coworker Aaron for joining us. I think we we learned some stuff. We laughed. Uh, might cry later because uh, I'm just so alone. We'll see. <laughs> now to bring the mood up, we are gonna go back into Dustin versus Lund. Dustin, a big 3-1 lead. So he just needs two more wins and, and Lund has to get his chest waxed. This edition of Dustin versus Lund is sponsored by another new partner of ours, Design Riders Private Tattoo Lounge. Another big social media contest going on with them. Basically, you have a chance, three chances to win some free tattoo time. You can win four hours, two hours, or one hour. Uh, the four hours is, is worth over $700. So uh, another cool partner to have there. They're private. So you go in, you get your own room. They're by appointment only. So there's no walk-in. So make sure you check them out. Go check out that contest. And uh, you know we, we can talk about this in another episode, but I think uh, at least a couple of us are at some point are, are going to go in and, and get a tattoo. So great local shop owned by a husband and wife and another great sponsor. So thanks for coming aboard and thank you for the awesome prize donation too for this social media contest. Where's their tattoo shop located? So they're downtown like Kitty Corner from where the original Joe's is. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the closest fast food place to it. <laughs> there, there is a McDonald's nearby, uh, which I won't be going to. Right. So, so yeah, here we go. Dustin versus Lund. We're going to do a little bit like Alberta Taboo, but this one is just Red Deer catchphrase. So Dustin and Lund have given each other 20 Red Deer related words. Dustin's going to give the clues to me. Lund is going to give the clues to Walsh. You each have 90 seconds to get as many as you can. It's that simple. So Dustin is going to ask me first, since uh, Lund, you are behind by quite a bit. So Dustin, whenever you're ready. Okay, Ted, this is the high school down. Uh, it's got a track behind it. Lindsay Thurber. Yeah, uh, this is a subdivision. Uh, Holy Family's located in it. Oh, uh, Deer Park. Uh, Deer parents Park. used to live there. Yeah, yeah. This is a, this is a, a park down by Riverbend. Uh, you can go tubing. Uh, Discovery Canyon. Yeah, this was a, a a station in Red Deer. It's long gone now. It used to have Toontown on it. Uh, oh, RDTV. Yeah, uh, this is where people go and walk their dogs. Three Mile Bend. Yeah, this is a, a one of the main streets that runs through Red Deer. Northwest Motors was on it. Uh, Gates Ave. Yeah, this is Don Cherry's sidekick. Ron McLean. Yeah, this is uh, one of the streets that goes down to Superstore. It runs through downtown Red Deer. Taylor Drive, 50th, nope. 40th, 49th. Um, pass. Um, this is a golf course right beside Discovery Canyon. Uh, Riverbend. Yeah, this is Michelle Skillnick's team. Red Deer Vipers. Yeah, uh, this is Troy Gillard works for the station. Uh, RD News Now. Yeah, this is uh, uh, Pass. Um, this is where the Red Deer Riggers play. Oh, uh, Great Chief Park. Yeah, this is the place we work, the school that we work at. Uh, Red Deer College. Yeah, this is the current mayor. Tara Veer. Yeah, and this is the, the place Three. we showcase for tours of Red Deer. Red Deer. Heritage Ranch. Yeah. Uh, and, tie. Yeah. Teddy. 16, Teddy, 16. All right, that is, man, I would I, I would be nervous if, if I were Lund right now. Yeah, and I really want him to keep his chest hair, so. 
Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, try your hardest for me, hey? Give it everything you got. Uh, Alberta's education minister? Adriana Lagrange. Yeah. Uh, recre- recreational facility between hunting and Notre Dame? Collicut Center. Yeah. Um, if I live in this city, I'm called a... Red Darien. Yeah. Uh, band in, in this city? Band? Okay. Yeah. Band, B-A-N-D, like music, music band in the city. Like, uh, okay, pass, uh, pass. Um, the old bar, it, uh, I don't know if it was the old Lotus or it was, is down Gents there. Gents Club, uh, Cactus Jacks. As a number, as a number in the name? Hybrid 26. No, uh, Rye? Uh, Whiskey 7. Yeah. Uh, high school that has a running track. Lindsay Thurber. Yeah. Uh, Red Deer's old mare. Uh, Woman. Gail Sirkan. Yeah. Uh, they just opened up one of these in Gasoline Alley. I went there and it's got fresh, fresh fruit. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a, a fresh flowing uh, Red Deer w- River. Small water. Yeah, but it's tiny. It's tiny. Little Red Deer River. Yeah. Uh, old bar on the north end. Uh, Branley's. Uh, pass. Uh, pass. Uh, sh- yeah, I'm screwed. <laughs> so, so you got eight. So the 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 band that you couldn't get was Red Deer Royals. Yeah, you, you probably said should've... marching band. Yeah. It wasn't bad clue giving, but like Dustin brought it that time. Yeah, and oh yeah, you had all the easy ones at the bottom too. I see what you did here. <laughs> Ted, I, I would suggest getting that, uh, is it esthetician who said she's going to wax lunch? Yes, I, su- I suggest you book an appointment for after the next recording. Yeah, we're going to get we're gonna get her on the horn. I think we need to make sure we have a judge so that the contest is fair next time. I think all listeners are going to agree that you were just a terrible clue giver. I'd like to do a do-over with a lot tougher words. Man, I'd like to do a do-over on my marriage and we don't all get what we want. So deal with it. <laughs> Yeah, that shut you up. So Dustin, big 4-1 lead. Dustin was a little worried actually that I was going to sandbag to try and make it close. But man, I, I just, I want to see you get your chest waxed. Yeah, I bet you do. So that's, that's pretty weird to say, man. Don't worry, Lundy. When you get your chest waxed, I'm going to get my legs waxed with you since I got to do it for our Chubbs Golf Tournament. Yeah, so. that's also weird to say. Yeah. It's just for context, Dustin lost a whole different bet where he has to get his legs waxed. So it's going to be a fun, that's going to be a fun day. And speaking of fun days, this was one of them. Dustin, your internet magically worked. We had a little bit of trouble in O-Beer. It's been great since then. And hopefully, again, everyone had a lot of fun following along with us. I think every episode's been a little different. We keep trying some new things and we keep sounding like we're talking ourselves up, but it, it is amazing that the support we're getting and this thing keeps growing. So thank you everyone, because this is so much fun for us. Uh, and it, it's so much fun hearing the, the response from it as well. So again, just a, another reminder, got a couple social media contests going with Bose and Doortender and Designed Riders. Make sure you go to our social media and check it out. Let's follow Tourism Red Deer on social media too, to explore Red Deer's backyard. And, and for Lund, tag along as he rediscovers Red Deer. And a big thank you to the sick beauty, Mr. Balloon Animal himself, Mike Sereo, <laughs> for being our very first episode sponsor as well. And with that, it is time again for our, I feel like Jerry Springer here, time for closing remarks. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Andrew Russell as well for getting my new neighbors set up. Uh, they moved in this week. So thanks a lot, Andrew. Hopefully they're they're great people. 
Yeah, thanks a lot to Mike Sarango and all our sponsors and, and supporters we've had along the way. And I think it's just crazy the the support we've got and and the listeners and and you know hopefully we we can stay funny and and stay current and um, hopefully all our friends in the restaurant business uh, had a good opening on Monday uh, like uh, the government had planned and and uh, we can move forward in, in getting closer out of this uh, pandemic. So look forward to the next one. Yeah, and I I'm uh, I had a lot of fun tonight, and I'm just looking forward to when we can actually get back outside here. Hopefully, in the next few days, and uh, let's go explore Red Deer together. I I think we can uh, find some cool spots. I know there's some some cool places that I want to show you guys that I I guarantee you haven't seen before. So yeah, can't wait. And a last shout out too, just to our other new sponsor, Beyond Insurance. Yeah, that's that is about it. Again, thank you everyone for Dustin Moore, Kevin Walsh, and Ryan Lund. I'm Ted Emmett, and as that old saying goes, bye.